Jason, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Well, I'll pass over to Dino because I know he wants to, to open the bowling with this. Good morning, Jason. Morning, Ray. Dino, how are you guys? Yeah, good, JD. Look, JD, you've said your piece. We don't want to dwell on it. You were very forceful. You were very passionate in your press conference on Thursday night after the Latrell racial dramas. You've had a couple of days to let the dust settle. How do you feel right now about the whole incident? Um, yeah, I, I still feel pretty much the same. I haven't um, wavered from that, really. I was um, pretty honest in what I thought. Um, but I think it's, you know, it's a lot of people talk about Latrell, and it's more than just Latrell. Um, it's something that's inside our culture towards our Indigenous people, and I think it's it's time that there's so many good people that don't think and feel like that, but I strongly feel that it's time those people, including myself, start having a voice and start standing for what we think is right and mm. instead of just waiting for somebody to do it for us. JD, I had an opinion this morning, and you may disagree with me, that would be your right, that normally uh, a life ban would be uh, certain under these circumstances. But given this is a 15-year-old kid, do we give him a second chance and try to educate and rehabilitate him rather than kick him out of the game? Oh, look, I think that's for the powers of be to decide. But at the same time, like, we've been educating people and kids and through school, through, um, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about something that we've been educating for since I was a kid. I'm 47 years old. Like what? What? What are we educating them on? That's you know, it's an it's an easy throwaway line to say we need to educate people. What? What are we talking about? What is the education we're asking them for to understand and respect our indigenous people? I'm pretty sure that's been educated for a long time. Yeah. Um, whether it's a life ban or not, I think there has to be some kind of consequence towards what happens and 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 some education. But I do believe that you know as it's time now for us, the non-Indigenous people, to stand up and say we want to see some action um, against these type of offences. And this isn't just about Latrell or about the 15-year-old boy who's, who's made a bad comment. It's about generally in, in our society. And we all walk around saying that we're not racist, but it's there when it's time to admit that it exists. Yeah, strong words. One final question on this topic, Jason, we'll move on. Have you had a chance to speak to Latrell Mitchell since Thursday? I understand he went home for a couple of days to Tari, but that was planned. Have you had yeah. a chance to speak to him since? How's his headspace? Yeah, he's he's fine. He's you know really appreciative. And one of the points I want to make is how the NRL world rallies around in this type of situation and um, you know the support that he's got from fans right across the game, not just South Sydney, but and from it's great to hear other people speak up. You know, I heard Trent Robinson who spoke very well mm. about it. Um, you know, Wayne did as well. So um, the, the NRL does a fantastic job in celebrating our Indigenous people and it's a good t- platform for us to, um, I suppose, ha- start having a voice when we see it. You know, if if you're an NRL person, you're in and around junior footy and you're hearing and seeing things like this, it's um, it's time to, to have a voice and, and that's the only way we can, um, I suppose, step it out. JD, just pushing ahead now to Friday night, it's a massive game, as always against yeah. your great rivals, the Roosters. There's no suggestion that there should be any drama uh, in the crowd, given that the track record of both clubs is very, very good. But it, it is an emotional night, and the night should be about respect as well as football. Oh, I've no doubt it will be. As I said, I thought Trent spoke extremely well uh, in terms of what the Roosters stand for, and 
um, you know, Latrell's, you know, he's well liked there. Um, so I don't see that this being an issue at all. I think it's actually been a celebration of what the game has stood for this week. I see that happening across the game. And it's not, like I said, the amount of support that's come from people, supporters and, and players across social media um, that stand against it is has been you know, a real positive for the game. And I see next week being a celebration of, of our Indigenous people rather than the opposite. But again, I just want to make a point that it's not it's not just Latrell. You know, we have um, huge Indigenous connection at our club. Um, you know, inside our changing rooms, there's a lot of players that shouldn't have to hear or or see that happening to one of their peers. But um, yeah, it's it's not it's unfortunate, but the response from the NRL world has, has been first class, uh, as I would expect. Yeah, and hopefully, as you said, Friday night is a celebration of two great football teams in their rivalry, and whenever they do clash, the Roosters and Rabbitohs, they're great games, as was last Thursday night. We'll go back to Thursday night, uh, Jason. Obviously, wasn't the result you would have wanted, 16-10 to the Panthers. You almost um, had a chance to level up late in the game. What was your take on that loss? Yeah, I said it uh, post-game. I just felt like we didn't lean in enough uh, at the start of each half, um, you know, we know that Penrith come out on fire and, and, and we expected them to, but, um, you know, we had a, a, quite a few middles missing from our team, but it just felt like individually, and that wasn't all of us, but as a collective, we didn't lean into the fight enough and um, I, I thought we did a great job to stay at 4-0 and then the try right on half-time really hurt, but we had an opportunity to start the second half and uh, I've just been going through it this morning. They had 15, out of the first 15 sets, they had 11 to our four and, mm. And that's where the, the eight points were scored. Um, and, and, you know, we were chasing our tail from there. But I've got to credit the playing group, you know, the, the resilience, the way they stuck at it and the ability to keep defending their line was first class. And, um, you know, we're a metre away from, from tying it up at the end of the game. So we'll take a lot of positives out of that. Um, but we'll also be looking at our start to games. JD, I just want to bring up Latrell and nothing to do with the racism. I've been in this game for 33 years. I'm an old fart now, JD. <laughs> but I go back and look at all the most brilliantly natural footballers I've ever seen, and I throw in there your, your Brett Kennys, your Steve Rogers. Yeah. Latrell, as a natural footballer, I don't think I've seen many better. His skill level and what he does in the field, it's just on another level. Oh, it's phenomenal. You know, see the... the dummy flick pass that he throws to Isaiah Tass that leads to a try. I mean, first class and his involvement um, to put Michael Cheekham through a short gap, get the ball back, get it to Cody that, that sets up our first try as well. So You can't teach um, that, JD, can you? No, the, the challenge for us is getting him in the game. I was going to say um, involvement, Jay, I was going to say, Jason, how do you get Latrell Mitchell more involved in the game? You, you defend better. Yeah. You know, you, you don't concede as many metres and you don't be put on your try line as often as you are. When you do that, you get field position. When you get field position, you, you game players and your game breakers get to stamp their authority on the game. And as I said, our, our trial on defence was first class on the weekend. The amount we had to do, and we just kept turning up. And a lot of that is off the back of the work that the child does in organising our line, but it also brings fatigue into our team. So it, it affects how we play with the footy. So, again, there's lots of little things that we can we can address that will give us better field position. And if we do that, um, we give our big game players opportunities to show their skill, and um, you know, like we weren't far off, but we were just not enough to to get that field position consistently enough through the eighty minutes. Jason, I asked Brad Arthur on this show two weeks ago, and I'd like to ask you the same question: What's the thing you love the most and hate the most about coaching? Oh, I love the relationships. It's by far the the thing that 
excites me the most. Um, it's, you turn up every day and you're involved with players that uh, are chasing something that makes a real difference in their life and you've got an opportunity to support that and be part of it. And you know, it's, Whether it's watching Latrell do his things or Cody do his things or a guy like Cam Murray and Cookie, but then also guys like Isaac Thompson's journey and Chuck Mitchell and Isaiah Tass, you know, seeing those guys come into your system and you, know, you help them achieve things that, you know, make a real difference in their life is, is pretty special. But the thing I hate the most is losing. Mm. <laughs> it's like, it's um, you know, you want to you wanna chase that um, perfect performance, even though I accept that we're never going to be perfect. But, um, yeah, the, the losing part and what comes off the back of that for a couple of days is, is the worst part. But we bounce back and we go again. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Jason, one final one. I'm not even sure if you had a chance to even look at the papers today. Is a front page story in the in the Sunday Telegraph about plans potentially of a 20 team competition. Dino had a, a strong view. He was concerned about um, whether there's enough player depth to sustain a 20 team competition. Jason, you're at the coalface. You see these young kids coming through. You see what talent is emerging. Is there enough talent around to have a viable 20-team competition? Um, yeah, I think so. If it depends how quickly they want to go to 20 teams. If it's a staggered approach and there's a real investment in, in pathways across the board in the whole NRL, I think we're seeing that with the Dolphins' performances in the opening rounds. That mm. There isn't talent now. We'll probably have to see how that plays out throughout the year, but uh, the talent's there, but you know the investment in uh, pathways and the investment in coaches is probably the other thing that um, you'd have to be looking at if you're going to go to 20 teams. But um, you know, I see the sense in it um, in, in expanding the game, but I think it's important that we make sure that um, we cross the T's and dot the I's before we we push ahead with it. Yeah, no, well said. Uh, look, Jason, really appreciate you coming on this morning. Um, difficult circumstances, but you spoke uh, wonderfully well on all the topics. Best of luck on Friday night. It's going to be a massive game against the Roosters. That's the 8pm game on Friday night. And best of luck, too, to South Sydney for the rest of the season, Jason. All right, guys. Appreciate you Thanks, having me on. Thanks, Jason.